What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to episode five of Behind the Daw. Now, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, what is this? Why is it important? How can it help you? So Behind the Daw is a podcast where we interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, everyone else in between on an emotional, philosophical, and artistic basis so that we can get inside their heads, gather that best information, and then bring it back to you. And just so you know, this is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Daw. Uh, You can go on Multiplier's YouTube channel and watch all of those, or over here on the podcast, we have the audio versions of it. So you can just listen to them if you want. Those are the 0.5 episodes. But nonetheless, so who do we got this week? This week, we have Tassione. So who is Tassione? If you know anything about cymatics, he's done a bunch of courses, tutorials, masterclasses for him. He's a really, really, really smart dude. A very burly dude. You should see his beard sometime. It's, it's definitely worth uh, some Facebook stalking. Anyways, so what are you going to learn in this episode? What are you going to learn? You're going to learn about why so many people are drawn to electronic music as opposed to other forms of music or other forms of art. It's because we can do it ourselves. We don't have to rely on other people. That's why I was drawn to it, and that's why Tassion was drawn to it. You'll find out more about that later. We're also going to talk about, you know, most of the time on the podcast, we talk about people who want to use music to evoke negative feelings or, or bad things in their past, which they create music to help them get rid of that. Tassion's not like that. Tassion, he wants to enhance his happiness, enhance his energy through his music, not necessarily to get out negative emotions, but to enhance positive emotions. And it's, it's good that we're focusing on this. We haven't really talked about that yet. So, and one more thing we're going to talk about, of course, there's going to be more than the things that we're talking about here. But another thing that we are going to talk about is utilizing the internet to learn the things that you want to learn. If you have a question, dude, it's freaking 2018. You should be able to go on the internet and find out dang near anything that you want to and to find a reliable source for dang near anything that you want to. So I just want to remind everyone about the In The Daw and the Behind The Daw Patreon. If you're interested in that, link in the description, as always. Down there, you can go, you can click on it, talk to our Dawbot, he can give you more information on that if you so desire. It would really, really help us out with keeping the show going. And plus, you get access to a private In The Daw and Behind The Daw Discord community. You can collaborate, talk to each other, share tips, find out the newest news inside the industry. I don't know, sounds pretty legit to me. Also, if you have any suggestions for people coming on the show or just any suggestions in general, there's a link for that in the description. Go ahead and click on that. Dawbot will help you out. And then finally, if you are interested in having private music production lessons or private social media marketing lessons, link in the description. Go ahead and click on that. We can get you all set up. If you need reviews from that, we have people like Crywolf, people from Echoes, Trivecta, so many others that have had private lessons in both music production and social media marketing. And if you want to see their reviews, go ahead and click on the link below. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Tassio. Welcome everyone to week five of Behind the Dog. We got Tassione here and how you doing, man? What's up, man? I'm doing good. Good to hear, dude. I'm sitting here in my my sister's closet in Las Vegas because we're flying out of Las Vegas tomorrow to go to Denver. By the wonders of the internet, we're able to talk because you're in New Jersey, right? Yeah, I'm in like South Jersey. First thing I want to talk about, and I know that you and I have talked about it before, but for those who don't know, how did you come up with the name Tassion? Well, I didn't really come up with it because it's my last name. So didn't really go too far outside the box there. But yeah, when I first started producing, I was just like, all right, what's my name going to be? 
And I was like, I guess it'll just be my last name. I'm still here, I guess. Has your family been pretty supportive of you using the last name in an electronic music context? Oh yeah, they, yeah, they don't care about that. They're, they're super cool. So they're really supportive of like what I'm doing. It's awesome to have that. They're always coming up with like funny names and stuff. My dad, since I'm Italian, he calls me Pizza More. So it's like, oh yeah, you should change your name to that. And I'm like, no. Is your family, not only your parents, but like all of your family, are they pretty supportive about you doing music and you doing what you do? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, everyone in my family uh, loves music. I have like uh, deep musical ties on like both sides of my family, like my mom's and my dad's. So, I mean, they've always been around the music environment showing me new music and listening to uh, music. So they've always been supportive of me doing music in any way, shape or form. Tell me a little bit more about your background. Uh, tell me how about when you got into music. I think it started with my grandma on my dad's side. So yeah, that's by my Nini. That's what I call her is Nini. Yeah. So I would go to her house and she had a piano and she was always teaching me. Like I was always just like, you know, when I was like two, uh, just banging on the piano. And so she would like play with me and teach me little songs and stuff. And apparently my parents just say like, I, I definitely was more musically inclined than like just a normal person. Like even like at a young age like that. I think my mom, my mom just told me a story where like apparently she was uh, pushing me in a stroller through the mall when I was like really little and I heard a song and I like I like yelled it at her I was like mom that's this song and she was just like how do you know that <laughs> like, and I was like I don't know like three so she always thought I had good ears plot twist I've actually had like four ear surgeries wow tell us about that what happened what, what's going on with that uh, like I've had like four or five sets of tubes so like oh, wow. what, what tubes are like for, I guess, people who don't know what tubes are is like the tube that leads from your eardrum to the back of your throat is called a eustachian tube. Sometimes when kids are younger, that isn't fully developed. And in kids, it's more horizontal. And when you grow up, it becomes more vertical. So that's what drains the fluid from your inner ear, like to the back of your throat. And mine have always just like been like clogged or congested. So I would get like fluid buildup behind my eardrum and it would muffle my eardrum from vibrating. And that's why like I could never hear. Like I had the worst hearing growing up. Did it just like uh, when it would get all clogged up, muffled like that, would it just cut off the, the high frequencies or, or like? And it would sound like I had my hands over my ears. And it was like, I was like that from... Like literally when I, when I was born up until when I was like about 20 and finally the last set of tubes that I got were like more permanent ones, but I haven't had any issues since then. So it's been like four years knocking on wood there, but yeah, plot twist. So during that time when it was giving you quite a bit of trouble, I mean, were you still trying to make music and everything and did it hinder you? No, I really like coincidentally started making music when my ears were fine. I don't think I'd be able to do it if it was like that. But now I'm, I'm definitely more aware. Like I'm more aware of those things. So like I, I would not have a problem like getting another surgery like that because it's, it's not like a bad thing. It's just like it's a my like I'm in and out in 15 minutes, but they have to put me to sleep. You know, I see. I see. To kind of like get the overall picture is that, you know, every since you were a kid, your family was super into music and you always really loved music, but it wasn't until you were like 20 or so when you got the surgery when you're like, hey, what if I did music now? Is that is that kind of the picture that's going on? Well, I think that your surgeries and the music doesn't really think to do with each other than the fact that it's kind of hilarious that my ears are so bad or they were so bad, but now I'm like in a field where I have to completely rely on my ears, like being super detailed. But I just, I just started getting into music I mean, I've always been into music. I started getting into producing like electronic music when I was 20, just because four years ago, that stuff was really like 
on the up. It was like growing. It was becoming huge. I went to a show and like, this is incredible. The songs and hearing them like that. And for me, not knowing how to do that. I mean, I, I did dabble in producing hip hop beats and stuff like before that. So when I saw that, I'm like, this stuff is incredible. And I just literally became addicted to it. Gotcha. So it doesn't really have to do with the ears. It was just the timing of it was actually pretty, I guess I was lucky. So you started producing around 20 and so you've been producing for like the last four years. I was going to say maybe I was 19, between 19 and 20, I started producing like 2012, 2013. So you and I are the same age, but your beard makes you look much, much older than me. I testify it looks great. Yeah. Just take, take our word for it. When you got into producing, was it a pretty, uh, pretty intense thing? Cause I kind of, I, my vibe that I get from you is that you're, you're a very passionate person about when you get, when you get serious about something like you're like, I want to get into producing. Therefore I'm going to produce X amount of hours a day, no matter what. Is that kind of what happened? I didn't ever say that like out loud. It's one of those things that I did, I guess. Even if I'm not producing, I'm always working 24 hours a day. I'm always working in some way or another. So I'm either trying to come up with ideas or just thinking about how I could be better and like listening and like analyzing things and just trying to listen to other things and draw inspiration and stuff. So I think it's one of those things that you don't necessarily have to be glued to your computer for 10 hours a day to be successful at it. But in the start, I definitely was producing more. Not that I was producing more because I make so many more songs now than I ever could. But there was so much of the time that I was on the computer, I spent learning everything. And now I'm not learning as many like obvious things. Like I'm talking about like I would watch tutorials, even the multiplier tutorials. Like I watched them a lot when I started like getting into it, which is like really funny. But <laughs> I just kept YouTubing things, Googling things. And then I'd find one thing and it would I would see something in the related section like, whoa, wh well, what is this? Oh, well, what is this? And it just kept going on and on and on. So I was just like, and I was in college and I hated school. My junior, senior year, I was still like having fun partying and stuff, but it wasn't, I got all that out like freshman, sophomore year. So junior and senior year, I discovered music and I was just like, that was all I did every day. Like I went out and stuff, but if I wasn't in class, even if I was in class, I was watching tutorials and stuff. When I go to the bathroom, like I was watching tutorials. Dude, same. <laughs> Always trying to learn and I sucked for so long and there's still so many things that I want to fix that I just like am trying to learn like today. Dude, the whole like going to the bathroom thing and just like watching tutorials, literally, I cannot go to the bathroom if my phone is dead because no. I'm like that is I hold it. Yeah, dude. I was like, that is time I could be spending learning. If I'm eating alone, I have to have my phone or my laptop or something just to continually be learning because I love it that much, you know? And it sounds like you're the same. I'm definitely super passionate about it where the way I look at it is like, I spend more time doing this than I do like sleeping or doing anything else combined. So like, this is like what I do all day, every day. Sometimes it's producing. Sometimes it's just like not producing. And I feel like that's still all part of it because you need to have like the balance. You can't just like, I don't know. There's some producers that are like, oh, I haven't slept for three days and I made eight songs. And I'm like, no, thanks. I'm like, <laughs> I, I need my sleep. I need to like get away from music because then when I come back, it always comes out better. I can't, I can't work like that. All right. Going back to, you know, the having a supportive family and everything. Do you, are you in a relationship right now? Yeah. I've had a girlfriend for the past three and a half years. How does she feel about you doing music? Oh, she loves it. Yeah. I mean, she hates listening to it sometimes because she's heard it 400 times. As every guy with a girlfriend who's a producer knows that it's just like gets to a point where they're just like, okay, like I've, I've heard that. And you're just like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. 
I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. And it's like, you're never almost done. You just started. <laughs> like, That's amazing. So she, she loves it and she thinks I'm really good. And she's like always living like a hype for me. So it's just like, that is just all I need. You know what I'm saying? I don't need anything else besides that. Yeah. I've seen people just kind of like fall off when they get girlfriends or like just kind of go missing. And I'm just like, so glad that will never be me. I guess kind of like what I'm fishing for right now is has there been anyone that's close to you or that you know that was influential in your life that said don't do music or or has everyone been like no dude you're freaking awesome keep going yeah i'm really lucky with the friends that i have and the family that i have and like the schools i went to because everyone was really supportive there's been people who have seen how like hard i go and they were like yo man like not saying don't do it like they weren't saying that they were just like asking questions because like it obviously isn't like man i really just want to be an accountant that's all i wanted to do and they're like okay we'll just go do that like (laughs) but like i was putting all my eggs into this basket and some people were just like man like this is like really risky like do you really think that you can like do it and be successful in it and i was like a hundred percent because if i can't be then i won't be successful at anything. No, I completely agree. So because from the very short amount of time that you and I have, have known each other and, and done uh, the, the interview for Multipliers channel and everything, I can just tell you are the type of guy where if someone says something and it's a term or a concept that you don't understand, you will not go to sleep until you at least kind of have a base understanding of what that is. And then the next day you'll master it. I mean, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, maybe not the next day I'll master it, but (laughs) (laughs) I definitely am like very curious about everything. So like, regardless of what it is, I love the fact when people are like, Oh, these phones are making kids stupid. I'm literally always on my phone. Sometimes I'll just hear something and just Google it. And then I'm like 15 minutes later, I've read the entire Wikipedia page on it and like three others. And I'm just like, how did I get here? Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I just like to, I love, I love to learn things. I love to read different things and just like learn as much as possible. Why did you get into music? Was it, it sounds like it was very, uh, family influence, but I mean, was, is there a kind of a deeper reason or the whole the whole backstory on the music part is my grandma on my dad's side my nini her dad was a professional musician who was from Italy, who they lived in Manhattan. He was like in the orchestras, like all the old orchestras, like for the, like Ed Gleason show, like all those back in those days when they recorded like the intros of shows, like all of it was live. Like they just broadcasted it live streamed it. They didn't take it to the studio and like cut it up and edit it. So like he was in the orchestras that would play at the beginning and the end of the shows and in the shows. Pretty sure he played the flute or the clarinet or both at the same time. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, <laughs> he was doing that and he played with uh, like Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra. So like he was like the real deal. So my grandma was would travel with him. I think he had to like lie that she wasn't there because they weren't they weren't like allowed to like bring the kids around or something. So she would always be like with him. And then like all of her friends were like the other bandmates kids and they would all like hang out together. So she was literally involved in music at, since she was a kid. So I've had that influence. And then my uncle on that side is like obsessed with music, like everything music. I mean, he's just a music like fanatic, knows everything like pop culture whiz. My mom's sister married this guy. So he's not directly related to me, but he was, his name is John Savannah. And he was in uh, Squeeze, Van Morrison, played with Eric Clapton, Tina Turner. 
The Tina Turner thing in and of itself is really impressive. Oh, Elton John. He's, yeah, he's super legit. Jeff Beck, he just is like the most amazing musician I've ever seen. Like every instrument, even if he can't play it, like he'll figure it out. Like he just, he's another guy like where I kind of like saw how he worked. He actually lived in my, in the same neighborhood I lived in growing up. And he had like a $200,000 studio in his basement. So like I would go down there and be like, this is amazing. He used to give me guitar lessons when I was a kid. So like I would learn a lot of things from him that have to do with guitar. Then I started getting into music production we just started like kind of like hanging out more and just because like now it's like we're both obviously he's a way better musician and way more professional and career but you know I'm consider myself a, profess- a professional producer as well. You know, that's my profession. So, so kind of from what I'm, what I'm getting right now. So uh, what I hear from quite a few people of why they get into music is because of an experience in their life or, you know, music was there for them emotionally at a certain time. It sounds like one of the reasons why you got into music was because it's deep in your roots. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's been in your family. It's, it's always been there. It's almost like a, it's almost like a genealogical thing for you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's something that you can't get away from even if you wanted to. I was just born into it. I never made a decision to do any of it. I grew up playing the piano and I was like sick at the piano. I'm so pissed I quit, but <laughs> I quit cause I was like, I, I played ice hockey my whole life as well. So I quit cause I wanted to like go out and skateboard and play ice hockey and stuff like that. And then I started playing the guitar because I was like obsessed with the guitar. It's like, you know, every kid was growing up listening to like Sum 41, Linkin Park, Metallica, like Led Zeppelin, like the guitar is like the sickest thing ever. So, and I was in a few bands and then I stopped, I stopped the bands because like my first passion was film. It's like crazy how the paths just kind of like align with each other because I started skateboarding as a kid. Like I quit piano to start skateboarding and playing hockey. And through skateboarding, I started getting into film and video from filming and editing the videos. And I did that all through high school and college. I went to college for that. And then in the middle of college, I started producing music on the computer because it's like exactly the same as editing video. Like it's so similar. So I think, I think that helped me pick up music so fast. Even if you hear like one of the first songs I've ever made, it's not even that bad. Like it's really not even that bad. I'd have to see if I could find it, but I, I had the musical background. And I had like the technology background. So I literally just put the two together and it was just the most fun thing ever. And I think cause I picked it up so fast, I think like I'm a fast learner. So it tends to be really fun and not like frustrating to the point that I want to just give up. So the two just kind of aligned and I was like, well, here I am. That's what I'm doing. You said something when, uh, when you and I were doing the pre-interview for the, for the YouTube channel and you mentioned why you kind of gave up the film side and more so went to the music side. When I was growing up doing film, like my high school film class, I feel like is the first thing that I could really credit me being the person who I I am like work ethic wise. And like, basically my high school class was so sick. Like we had so many kids in it that I was friends with that we all were super into like doing film stuff. So like my high school teacher would like really encourage us. Like he was good at rounding us all up and getting us to do like fun projects together. So we were always like Googling and YouTubing and learning all these things and like making funny videos with just us, like outside of the classroom. And then like trying to looking at things and how they were done. I got to college. I was like pretty good at film. And then I get to college 
it takes me two years to get into like the classes that you want because you have to take the gen eds. Mm -hmm. So I get into the core classes and they're like, all right, class, this is a camera. Like this is the lens. This is how you turn on the camera. I had already known all this stuff and I'm paying all this money to go to college to like try to get ahead. It was brutal. So that that was like terrible year. That was when I just started producing music. And when I wanted to do anything with film, you'd have to get like a crew of people to go with you and do it. Like you can't just do it with one person. But like if you want to make like a documentary or something, because that's like what I wanted to do was do like documentary work. But you would need, you need like 10 people to get anything great done, at least five or three. I don't know. But you still need those people to like clear their schedules and coordinate with you when you're going to do all of these things, invest their money in making these things happen. That never gets done. It's impossible. I found music and I was like, wow, I can do everything on my own. That's what I did. And I was obsessed with it because I was getting so much done. And I was like, wow, I don't need anyone else to do this. Legitimately, exactly what you're talking about right now is why I could never be in a band. Because if I was in a band, it would drive me insane that I would would have to rely on other people to get stuff done. Exactly what you're talking about is the fact of why I've gotten into what, I've, what I'm doing. I hated waiting for a mixing engineer. So I learned how to mix. I hated waiting for a mastering engineer. So I learned how to master. I hated waiting for a vocalist. So I learned how to do vocals. You know what I mean? Like yeah, to me, exactly. Exactly. And so like up to that point now where I just want to, I need to start learning how to do vocals. Cause I'm exactly. like, all these people suck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. And like, you're kind of to the point now where like, if you, you, you showed me some of your artwork and everything that you've done. And so like, even to the artwork side, you can do your own artwork, which is. That's the last, that was the, is the newest thing that I'm hooked on is doing like like 3D graphics and stuff like that because awesome. it's not that I don't like working with graphic designers. I love like my one of my best friends is an amazing graphic designer. I just got to the point where I was like I, I was so obsessed with this certain type of art, like the cinema 4D looking mm -hmm. art. And my one buddy who's like the graphic designer, he got it and started doing that stuff for me. And I was like, I was obsessed. So then like we hung out and he showed me and I'm like, yo, I could do this. Like I could learn how to do this. So I got the program and then I am learning how to do it kind of. But from learning video software and Ableton, it's like once you know a bunch of softwares, it's kind of easier just to learn like the next one. No, it makes you sense. Understand how software works and like uh, yeah. the interfaces and stuff. It's the same concept with uh, with learning a language. So for example, uh, if you can learn a second language, the percentage of you learning a third language actually goes through the roof because you learn how you learn. For example, linguists who speak like five different languages start off with Spanish and then they understand how they learn. They know is it how they memorize things. They understand how to make things stick in their head. And all of a sudden it's like, well, why don't I learn German or Japanese? And then it's the same thing of what you're talking about right now because I'm, I'm the same. I learned Ableton and then I wanted to learn Final Cut Pro. So I did. And, and I understand how I learned. And so I was just like, it was lightning fast. So I know exactly what you're talking about. You can make about. connections between things. Exactly. No, that's, that's... Oh, this is like this in Ableton. Final thing I want to talk about is where do you go emotionally when you write music? And specifically, where were you emotionally and mentally uh, writing this remix for uh, R.L. Grime? I don't really get too... Uh, like, I don't, I don't put that much emotion in it. Like, not like a, a sad emotion. Like, I guess that's when people, like, when they refer 
refer to emotion. They're like, oh, I put my heart and soul into this song. It's like, you know, it's kind of like sad. I feel like there's always like sadness that's incorporated with that when people talk about that. When I write music, sometimes when I write something that goes really hard, like I get this feeling like my whole body's tensing and I like make fists. That's the kind of thing I love. Like when I'm listening to something, like I love to listen to this type of music to like get me hype. I love to just be like, get the stank face going and just, this is so sick, like that kind of thing. So that's where I tend to go when I'm writing this stuff is I love the really super dynamic stuff, like lots of contrast that just like exciting. It's not one of those things where you can listen to it and be like, oh yeah, yeah, like that was cool. It could be for some people, but like when I'm listening to it, I want it to be like, what? Like constantly, like Mm -hmm. just nuts. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like the emotion that I try to bring out. I'm a very emotional guy. So like I I listen to a lot of songs that are like what you're talking about that are, that are sad or or dark or whatever you want to say. But I kind of feel like when people talk about emotion, they kind of leave like what you're talking about out but it's still emotion where it's like you're energized and you're feeling good and you're like, oh my gosh, there's something about this that's like, yeah, you know what I mean? It like brings me life. And it's not that I'm not emotional, but when I'm sad, like I hate being sad. It's like the worst thing ever. And like, obviously everyone says that, but like when I'm sad, like I don't want to listen to like sad music. I don't want to watch like sad movies or like be sad and do sad things. Like I need to like, if I get sad, like I need to like leave the room and immediately do something that gets my mind completely off of it. Like when I'm writing stuff, I'm just like always trying to like bring the most energy ever. Just because that was the emotion that like got me into music was being at the shows and hearing the craziest stuff ever and just being like blown away. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to make pe- I want to make music that like blows people away when they hear it. Like they don't even know what's going on. No, it makes sense. And to be honest, like exactly what you're talking about right now is what I felt when I listened to this remix that you did uh, for Stay For It because when I listened to it, you know, the the, the beginning vocals and, and everything uh, going up into the drop, it's very, it's very beautiful. Like it's a very beautiful uh, vocal and, 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 and the, the tension that's in there, you know what I mean? It's, it's very, very beautiful. Intro, build, beautiful. And then when the drop comes, all of a sudden it's like my pupils dilate and it's like, whoa, you know what I mean? Eyes get like super wide and just so intrigued by the sound design and especially what really, really intrigued me and why I really wanted you to get on the show was because your your unique usage of the stereo imaging with your leads and your basses and everything. Because like you showed us, you showed us on the YouTube channel uh, how you went in and made it go all around because it to me, it sounded like ordered chaos, right? Because it's not just a lead going left, right, left, right. There was, there was a pattern to it. It was moving and it was, ah, dude, like even just thinking about it right now is amazing. And that's why I put so much work into the mix down. I just feel like that, that has like such a huge part in it. Like you can tell, you can definitely tell a great story, but if the mix down is fire too, thing is just on a whole nother level of like sonic excitement. You know what I'm saying? Like you can listen to a well-written song and be like, oh wow, I can connect with that and stuff. But like when you're listening to it, there's like this X factor that's the mix down in my opinion. And it just kind of like, it's like seeing a black and white picture, picture the like HD picture with like color. It just enhances the experience so much more when it sounds good. Absolutely. To actually like put a real life analogy of exactly what you're talking about right now. I would relate the song like to my wedding day, right? When like the actual marriage of me and my wife was amazing. And then the mix down was going to the venue after because the venue just enhanced it. Like it just, you know, like if we were to take the venue out of our wedding and we were like, you know, having the after party in a park, 
or like, or like a subway. Like it, like it doesn't make sense. Like like the actual venue we went to was gorgeous and it was decorated properly and there was music playing and people were dancing and the and the food was incredible. And like, that was just adding onto it. I mean, the marriage was why we were there, right? The song is why you come, but the mix down the, the venue, it just, it just adds to it. It's just like, ah, it's almost, it it is an integral part to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were just getting married in a in a school cafeteria or exactly. if you were getting married in like the most beautiful church ever created, there's like doves flying everywhere. Like, <laughs> like exactly. obviously you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, yeah, I mean, they love each other, but this kind of sucks. As right there, you're like, this is the greatest couple ever made on the planet. Thank There's you. my hot take on mixed. That was awesome, dude. And unfortunately we got it. We got to end now. Cause I got to go babysit my daughter, but Tassion, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Um, is yeah, there man, any final words, any final, uh, uh, what's called advice that you, that you give to our, our listeners? Some advice that I've just been trying to tell myself lately and that I would definitely tell other people is focus on what you want in life. So if, if it's music production, for instance, like focus on what you want in music production and think of literally every aspect, every little thing you can possibly think of and how you can do it the very best, never settle for anything below that. Even if it takes you 10 years, don't just be like, I'm, I'm kind of making it. So like, I'm okay here because awesome. I'm always trying to like push it other than it can even go. And one day you'll just be the best ever. It'll be because you just never gave up on pursuing those little tiny itty bitty details. Hopefully that's true. <laughs> I believe it's true. No, that's what, I, that's what I tell myself. Hey, Daw Nation. Hope you really enjoyed episode five of Behind the Daw with Tassione. You know, we learned a lot of things today. And now I would highly encourage you to go check out episode 5.5 of Behind the Daw, which is the In the Daw episode that we did with Tassione, where he breaks down his RL Grime remix. Absolutely amazing. You should really check it out. But just want to remind you about the Patreon. If you're interested, go ahead, click the link in the description. If you have any suggestions for the show, click the link in the description. Click the other link in the description, I should say. If you want to have private music production lessons or social media marketing lessons, link in the description. Or if you just want to talk, if you just want to talk about life, music, whatever, if I have time, dude, hit me up. I would love to talk to you, to get to know you, to get to know your needs and where you're at in your production journey. Besides that, make sure to check out 5.5, which is with Tassione, and also episode six, which is uh, with Madoka. He's a really interesting guy. And then finally, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Google Play, YouTube, Facebook, or some other random app that you listen to podcasts on, go ahead and follow, like, subscribe, comment, whatever is appropriate on the specific platform that you're listening on. It just really helps us out to know that what we're doing is making a difference, that we're going in the right direction, that we're helping you achieve your goals. So please go ahead and do that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw, and we'll catch you next week.